Hello, what's up, you guys? And today, I'm going to be reading a another chapter of "I Am Princess X" by Cherry Priest. This is the episode you've all been waiting for, and I will probably say that about the next episode featuring this book. And it's a really amazing book. So if you want to go find it anywhere, I'm pretty sure you can search www.scholastic.com or any any site that sells book may have it. I don't know. I mean, I bought this at a local book fair at my school like some odd years ago. So yeah. Anyways, let's get into the chapter. Chapter 4 May's heart raced and her hands shook as she brushed her fingers across the touchpad, highlighting the last line, Gray Girl. Could it mean... Could mean only one thing, one person. It could mean only Libby. She right-clicked on the main page, which gave her a look at the website's source code. The code didn't tell her much. She recognized CSS when she saw it, but it didn't mean anything to her. Her baby step HTML couldn't code anything more than complicated than more complicated than fonts tables and pictures so that was a bust then she backtracked out of the tricky stuff and went straight to the source of all knowledge the googled she googled half a dozen variations on princess x and that's when she learned exactly how late she was to the party. Her throat was dry. But this was no time for a soda. Not when a dozen pages of links presented themselves. Right down the line, she clicked and clicked and clicked. Until she had many tabs open that they, that they mushed together on her header bar. May found a cafe press site chock full of messenger bags, coffee mugs, and posters with Princess X art. But a closer inspection revealed that it was unofficial gear. No connection to the original website was claimed or implied. According to the very careful wording on the account information page. Next, she found about a dozen deviant art listings for fan-made pictures and stories. And in the comments, when she went scrolling down beneath the artwork, she found a lot of useful information. Or rather, she learned that nobody had any useful information, which was still in its own way funny, useful information. 
Nobody knew who drew or produced the Princess X website. Nobody knew who wrote the comics. And everybody wanted to know. Reddit really drove the mystery home. There she found three different subreddits with an assortment of conspiracy theories, each one proposing one true identity for the Princess X creator, who had mysteriously burst onto the scene about six months ago, producing the hottest, most mysterious, most widely followed webcomic since Penny Arcade. May didn't know that Penny what Penny Arcade was either, so when she saw several Redditors make the comparison, she didn't feel quite so bad for not having heard of, of the Princess X comic. I've got to spend more time on the internet, she muttered to herself, and she kept on reading. None of the Reddit theories were very interesting. Two were completely crazy, unless there was any truth to time traveling or fairies. Two other propo two others proposed that famous writers were using the site to play around anonymous anonymously. One claimed to actually be the author, but of course, that poster also claimed to have been hired to murder Bigfoot. So. Whatever. And one got her attention for about five seconds because it suggested that the webcomic was dictated by a ghost. But then it got stupid. According to this particular theory, it wasn't an interesting ghost. Certainly not the ghost of Libby. In short, some dude thought it must be the ghost of an old man who'd been found dead in his house, mummified about ten years ago. He had pictures of the guy and everything, but they could have been pictures of any old dead guy in, an, in any old house. And May didn't know exactly what the picture did to back him up. When all was said and done, internet gave her a lot of speculation, some nutty ideas, and a bunch of people mooching off the webcomic. Since no one had come forward to claim the merchandising rights, apparently anyone with a Zazzle account could whip up whatever Princess X stuff they'd like and turn it a profit. And turn a profit. For a minute or two, May wondered if she could make any claim to the rights. She hadn't drawn Princess X, no, but she had written the original adventures. Not that she could prove it. She hadn't written anything on the website. For that matter, so well, maybe not. She still couldn't shake the annoying feeling that other people were making money on a private project. Maybe even a whole fortune in stickers and shirts. But that was kind of dumb. And she knew it. Surely no one really made a killing on stickers and shirts. And she didn't want money from Princess X. She wanted answers. 
She wanted to know who was writing it. Because she knew. She knew at the bottom of her soul. That it couldn't be anyone but Libby. She spent another half hour surfing around. But the only really cool thing she turned up was a set of pictures taken at San Diego Comic Con where three friends had dressed up as Princess X, the Ghost Queen, and the Needle Man. The costumes were great, absolutely dead on. But the girl dressed as Princess X looked nothing like Libby. May couldn't decide if that made her happy or sad. She was running out of internet corners to poke it with a stick, so she gave up and went back to IamPrincessX.com. And only then did she notice she'd kind of been avoiding it. She was obsessed with it, but she could barely bring herself to look at it. She wanted answers, of course, obviously, but if she found those answers, she might not like them. Now, there it was again. The lovely main page with the cool sword icon and burbling water animation. And there, in the upper right corner, two options. One, most recent comic. And two, read from the beginning. She clicked read from the beginning and came up with a page whose dated URL said it'd been posted around New Year's and she started to read. They said there was no cure and no hope. The cure was in her blood in her bones. So he searched for better blood, better bones. He found a very good match. He found the princess. But her parents refused him. He chose to defy them. He waited as long as he could. He waited until there was no time to ask. Only time to take. May sat there for a minute, just letting that sink in. Never mind that the girls in the third panel were playing with sidewalk chalk. The dark-haired one was clearly Princess X in normal kid clothes. And the princess's friend was a brown-haired girl wearing a t-shirt with a LOL cat on it. She remembered that shirt. Libby had had a matching one. So May still had hers someplace. Folded up in the back of her closet in Atlanta. It was way too small, but she'd never thrown it out. She couldn't. 
not a, not after Libby had gone and taken everything with her. May licked her lips. She wanted a Coke, but she was so transfixed to get up. She, but she was too transfixed to get up and scare one out of the refrigerator. She squinted hard at the backgrounds, the clothes, the colors, trying to Sherlock any additional details from the artwork. There wasn't much to see. All the focus was on the characters. In close-up as often as not, the cars could have. The cars could have been any cars. The parking lot could have been any parking lot. The gun could have been any gun. But the girls? They were Libby and May. Anyone who ever met the pair of them could see it at a glance. And it thrilled her to see herself included in this new version of her old tales. There she was, plain as day. It was encouragement. It was a hint that impossible things might not be so impossible after all. But that was a dangerous thing to think, wasn't it? May squinted at the image of the injured woman and tried to remember Mrs. Dayton's haircut or clothing style. But her memory was even more vague than the lines on the screen. She mostly recalled a woman in her late thirties with dark hair and a fondness for sheath dresses. Regardless, the woman in the comic had to be Mrs. Dayton. It made perfect sense. Except for the one obvious misstep. Mrs. Day Mrs. Dayton was never shot. She drowned. Supposedly. A key made a little grinding sound in the front door's lock, announcing that May's dad was finally home from work. May? Are you here? Yeah, she yelled back, snapping the laptop shut before he could see it. She wrapped a blanket around herself so it was about as modest as a big bathrobe. And then, when he joined her in the living room, she dropped her voice to a normal volume. Hey, let me ask you something. He dropped himself into the recliner. This sounds serious, he said with a nervous half-smile. It's about Libby and her mom. Oh, he said carefully. So you're still on that Princess X kick? Of course I'm still on that kick, she tried to keep from sounding irritated. She probably didn't do a great job of it. And this is the part of the kick where I ask you about what went down when Mrs. Dayton drove off the bridge. You're not looking for stickers anymore? No. I found more than that. So, 
tell me how the, the tell me how the Daytons died. They drowned, he said flatly. You know that already. And just like that, May knew he was lying. That blank, dead tone. That was his lying voice. It was the voice he used to hide what he was really thinking or really feeling. Maeve was a terrible liar, too. But she was terrible in the other direction. She always got too emotional, too desperate to sell her story. She said, yeah. But I want to talk about what really happened. Not what everyone said happened. Her father squirmed. You didn't need all the details, kiddo. God knows I didn't need all the details. How they found her body? And it was all decomposed from being in the water? She snapped. Not Libby! She didn't want to hear any of that again. Even if it turned out none of it was true. I'm talking about her mom. She didn't drown, did she? Yes, she did. She drove off the bridge and she drowned. But not before somebody shot her. He opened his mouth to reply, but then his jaw jerked shut. He opened his mouth again and closed it. Whatever he'd been about to say, he started over with something else. Where did you hear that? On the internet? Yes, on the internet, she bluffed. It was basically true. And if she'd had enough time before he came home, she would have trolled for old news articles on the case. It had been three years since Libby and her mom died, but surely she'd find something archived someplace. Her dad sighed heavily and sank back into the recliner, like he was hoping it would just swallow him up. You were bound to find out one of these days. I thought you'd get over it, and in time, it wouldn't matter so much anymore. I guess this means it hasn't been long enough yet. He misunderstood everything. And she kind of wanted to kick him for it. But she clamped at all, she but she clamped it all down and clenched her fists. God, you're such a jerk. He sat forward, elbows on his knees. Oh, I'm a jerk. Really? Fine. If that's what you want to think. But someday you'll understand. We were only trying to protect you. We? Your mother and I agreed that there were some things you just... You didn't need to hear. We knew you'd pick up bits and pieces. And... But... But what good would it do? Letting you know they'd been murdered? For Christ's sake, he added, 
almost under his breath. You were obsessive enough as it was. That's why you didn't let me go to her funeral. She meant Mrs. Dayton's funeral. Obvious, obviously she'd gone to Libby's. That's why you kept me away from the internet and kept the TV off. No local news. That had been her mom's mantra. In the weeks right after it happened, no internet, no TV, no local news. And school had just gotten out, so she couldn't hear it from the other kids. Not that they'd talked to her much anyway. It was for the best, her dad said weakly. You're liars. Both you and Mom, she, could con she concluded. She could feel her neck flushing warm just thinking about it. Somebody killed them, and the next step only then occurred to her. And they never caught who did it? Did they? No. They never caught him. Listen, kid. He was being tired and sad again, but calling her kid was no way to warm back into her good graces. We didn't want to give you nightmares. We didn't want you to think there was somebody out there. Somebody who might come for you next. I wouldn't have thought that. Jesus, Dad. I didn't even think of that until just now. Thanks. You were grieving. You were already making up stories about how it hadn't been real and Libby wasn't dead. You kept talking about that dream you had all the time. About her swimming up. His voice trailed away then gathered strength again. He wanted so badly to believe it was all a mistake. But it was worse than you knew. Worse than an accident. So we did the only sane thing we could... So we did the only sane thing we could. And we left out the worst parts. It was so much to handle for all of us. She slammed back into the couch. Oh, shut up. She glared at him hard enough to burn holes in his shirt. Her murderer is out there. Maybe murdering more people. Yes, he's still out there. But he's always been out there. Ever since it happened. Nothing new has occurred. You've just learned a new piece of information. That's all. Nothing new? You called the Princess X sticker nothing new? She had him there. And they both knew it. He weaseled anyway. It might be a coincidence. 
five seconds on the internet would tell you different, she informed him. There's a website, too. Even as she said it, she felt a wave of warm stupidness for not checking there sooner. She gathered up her blanket, climbed to her feet, and shoved her laptop under her arm. Its battery was almost dead, again. And she needed to plug it in. Now if you'll excuse me, I've got some reading to do. Great, he said as she left the room. Just great. She estimated it'd be about fifteen minutes before he'd called her mom. Not because her mom would be any help, but because he didn't want to feel that he was the only person who didn't understand his daughter. It was the only thing her parents had in common anymore, and the only thing they talked about. When they talked, which wasn't very often. But May couldn't make herself care. Like she said, she had some reading to do. He'd come too far to turn back now. The mother had lost so much blood. It was only a matter of time. All he had to do was follow. And wait. And swim. Finally, he had everything he needed. But it was too late. It had all been for nothing. And now, he had a very big problem. May realized she was falling asleep. She was exhausted and freaked out, and she had a headache from the tension between crying and trying not to cry. The laptop was warm on her legs, and her bed was soft underneath her. There was always tomorrow, because Libby was alive, out there, somewhere. She was alive today, and she'd be alive when May finally sorted through all the nonsense, lies, and background noises, and could actually find her. And she would find her. After all, Libby had made it out alive, just like May dreamed. She swam up to the surface, she was pulled out of the water, into the car of the needleman, who wasn't always the needleman. Even the cadence of the story felt familiar. It felt like something they would have whispered together, behind the playground fort, passed by notes in class, or brainstormed out on the bl banks of Lake Union, while they threw out breadcrumbs for ducks. It wasn't the beginning Libby and May had ever imagined. 
But then again, they'd never given the princess a beginning, had they? They'd only told her adventures going forward from the time she picked up her sword. Fighting bad guys and monsters in her little red chucks. They'd made up tales of daring and danger, but all those tales happened after she'd earned her name and her crown. So this felt okay. It felt right. And May didn't care if anyone else believed her, even her dad, the terrible liar, who only wanted to protect her. Or that's what he said. But he hadn't protected her from squat. All he'd done was hide the truth. And the truth shall set you free. She saw that someplace. A long time ago, engraved on a ring. A line in the movie. A piece of dialogue from some play she didn't really remember very well. The truth would set her free. All right. And it set Libby free, too. She would make it. Okay, guys, that was chapter four of I Am Princess X by Cherry Priest. Again, if you want to go read this book for yourself, I'm pretty sure you can find it anywhere online. If you want to buy it, maybe go ahead and check out www.scholasticink.com. Or, no, I believe... Let me check the website again. It's not www.scholasticinc.com. It's www.scholastic.com. Sorry about that, but it is made by a scholastic. Or it's produced by scholastic. Um so yeah, anyways, that is all for this episode. I will see you guys next week hopefully. And bye!